is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Oh my good gracious. Hello and good news. Uh, this is the podcast where we talk about the people, places, and current events that are affecting the world in a positive way. And I am your podcast host, Hannah Canningator. This week's guest is James Mastriani. James is on the UCB main stage team, Outside Dog. They have a show every Tuesday night at 10.30 p.m. at UCB Sunset called Outside Dog Gets One Star. They look up one-star reviews on Yelp and do improv off of it, and it's so dang funny. They also have a show Saturday night, May 23rd at 9 p.m. So if you're like, 10.30 is too late, then hit up that 9 p.m., baby. James is also a fellow podcast host. He has a great podcast I listen to all the time called I'm Too Effing High. He brings on fellow comedians and tries to answer the question each week, are comedians funnier when they're high? And I'll give you a hint. It's very, very funny. You can find that on iTunes or whatever your podcast listening machinery of choice is. And it's released every Tuesday. Speaking of iTunes, if you like the podcast, this podcast, but also if you listen to James's podcast and you like his, please rate and review. Do it for every podcast you like. It's the best way to help those podcasts get a little more traffic and bumped up on the search results. And if while you're rating, you're like, hey, This rating system reminds me a lot of Amazon reviews. I'd love to shop on Amazon. Well, you can by using my link and going to boardwalkaudio.com slash hello and good news and clicking the support our artist button. That will take you to Amazon and you can shop, shop, shop all you want and it'll all be normal. And then they'll put little pennies back into the little pockets of Boardwalk Audio. All right, that's enough uh, shameless little promotions. And let's talk about some good news. Good news. Good news. Good news. Good news. Good news. Hello. Good news. I think it's time we had some freaking real good. start <laughs> here i am with james we're on my red couch yeah we are thanks for having me <laughs> thanks for being here yeah happy uh tuesday yeah yeah i just spent a little bit of time petting your cat mm-hmm. uh it was the first time i think i've ever because i grew up with dogs mm-hmm. and um i don't think i've ever had a cat openly let me pet his belly before yeah <laughs> and your cat was like loving it yeah it's great he like rolls over like a dog mm-hmm. would and he's very stoked on yeah it. he's very he's very dog-like <laughs> i like that he's he's he'll probably hop up here at some point yeah too yeah um is that identity politics like talking about you know is it is it is it wrong that i prefer cats that act like dogs is oh that... oh interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know is that it's that some sort of like uh I wonder how your cat would feel about me saying that I liked him because he acted like a dog. Because he acted like a dog. Right. Yeah. It's like those racist white guys who are yeah. like, they only like black people that they think, think. act white. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, maybe my, maybe this is a version of Get Out and my yeah. cat is just. <laughs> like a yeah. Dog. I think what I'm saying is there's a chance that maybe 
I'm racist, but to animals. Mm, sure. Not to people, but to animals. <laughs> yeah. I want all animals to be dogs, uh, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you recognize it. That's always. Uh, and that's how you can change. change. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is how you change. I, I feel like shitty cats give cats a bad name, though. Yeah. Which, again, goes back to, I mean, maybe all cats are chill and you've just ha- had experiences with cats that were not as chill. <laughs> yeah, I think that is the word for it, too, is like uh, uh, my experience with some cats and, and maybe it's also the age as well mm-hmm. has been that like they've never really seemed like they wanted anything to do with me. Yeah. And so for me, I'm always like, why, what's the point? What's the point of having a cat that like doesn't want to hang out with me? Yeah. But then there's a cat like, dude, your cat who is, um, seemingly (laughs) down to chill. He loves to chill. Yeah. Um, I feel like I had something else to say about cats. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's okay. Well, uh, we got to get better at our generalizations of animals. Yeah, we got to be aware, people. Be aware, and that's how inclusivity. You... <laughs> Absolutely, be inclusive of all of all of Mother Nature's creatures. Yeah, yeah. What I realized when you were saying too is it's such a human thing to like walk into a room and have something not pay attention to us. And yeah, be like who cares about? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's on me. That's my ego. That's my yeah. I feel the same way though. That's why I hate shitty cats. Yeah. Like, why? Why waste my time? I get nothing back from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um. Well. Okay. First good. First good time story. First good news story. Okay is about i love these this is a story about a police officer who uh was a good police officer great (laughs) which are my favorite yeah um this is in atlanta uh a little girl he got a call this um officer milton got a call from the like the dollar store nearby um that a 12 year old girl had been caught stealing Mm. um and so he showed up and she had been trying to steal a two dollar pair of shoes for her five-year-old sister and she said that uh, her sister needed new shoes but her family couldn't afford them and so rather than I mean, you would have to be such a dick to be like, I don't care. You're going to jail. <laughs> yeah. But but, but also but like happens. those dicks exist yeah. for sure. That's yeah. a part of the problem. Exactly. Uh, so rather than doing that, he drove her home and met with her family. And she is the oldest of four kids. Um, the youngest was a newborn baby. And he noticed right away that there like weren't enough beds for the kids. And there wasn't a lot of food in the house um the girl's mom told him that she's a stay-at-home mom because the family can't afford daycare and that the the husband has a job but just isn't making a lot of money Hmm. so he uh obviously did not arrest the girl and he went out and bought a bunch of pizzas and stuff for the family and brought it back to the house and then he started um basically like a drop-off location for donations that's amazing yeah yeah that's such a yeah that's such a great story protect and serve yeah real yeah and also like that what what a great way to to i feel like you know police officers to connect with their community yeah because i think that's been one of the major arguments about the shift in the way that 
policing is being done. Although I think a lot of people would say there's never been a shift. Yeah. They, they've always policed, I guess, in, in a certain way. It's just becoming more um, all over the Internet now. Yeah. But yeah. <clears throat> I do know that, like, it seems like a lot of police might be out of touch with the communities that they're, yeah. you know, patrolling. And that's a great way, I feel like, to get in touch with that community. Yeah, it's a huge like I would say that's the biggest issue there. This reminds like what we're talking about reminds me of a story I did way back in the beginning about a program called Cops and Barbers, where this guy who runs a barber shop who has like a crime ridden past and all that. uh, He basically started a thing where like inner city um his barbershop is like a token in the community and a token, a token, uh, a pillar, a there pillar. We go. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. The token barbershop. <laughs> um, and what he started doing was getting involved with the police department and bringing them in. Um, it started with, with just like haircuts and conversation. And then they like started doing this collaborative thing where they, uh, have like, community events and the cops get very involved they have picnics and they like the story on it is so good because they talk about in the beginning like just the awkwardness Mm -hmm. that which i feel like is important to be talked about that it wasn't just like all of a sudden everybody was friends right it's like a bunch of uh white cops in an african-american community and they were like let's get to know each other for real and um they got past like the initial awkwardness of like, here we all are at a picnic. Right. And now this, um, barbershop owner, Sean and the cop, they're like all really good friends. And so now when the cops, uh, like he'll even call them if he's like got a crazy thing going on and now they don't have, like they see other community members when they are like doing out on patrol as opposed to, black and white or seeing only crime and not crime you know that's so great it's huge yeah that's really great yeah um yeah and then i feel like you know then police i feel like feel more like human beings and then to police you know um citizens feel like more more like human beings and then everybody is looking at each other like human beings and not like you know the enemy or or which you know, is I think once we start seeing people as human beings, it, it becomes yeah. harder to hate that person or see a see it in a black or white way. Right? Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, the generalization goes both ways because I feel like you have a bad experience with a police officer. Yeah. I mean, I have never had a bad. I'm a like white girl from Wyoming. I am. I'm extremely lucky. I've never had a bad like situation right. police officer i still if there's one behind me am <clears throat> like so freaked out and yeah. i guess that's just also because i've never like had a necessarily great you know yeah. like see each other as the labels and so the generalization like you have a bad experience with a police officer the next one you come across you're gonna assume that they're gonna be dicks to you and so maybe it yeah I, yeah that's very true but what a great what a great story that is yeah. That that he did that. You know, not everybody is a dog and a cat. Sometimes you can be a, a chill cat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that see that's uh, I feel like I, I'm learning this, you know. 
It was like you actually made the perfect segue into this story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm always looking for segues in this. And you, you set up the perfect one. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm known for you. that. I'm known for Thank my segues. You. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, San Francisco is doing a good job. And some things. They, yeah. I so, like San Francisco. Yeah, I do, too. It's. Um, this one is a little bit about how, well, the homeless situation there is crazy. I can imagine that it's bad. It's so expensive to live there. Yeah. Um, the, I was looking at like some, some charts and graphs about it and charts and graphs to both. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which one was more helpful? I would say the graph graphs were more helpful. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Or wait. Uh, what is the difference between a chart and a graph? Oh, I have no I idea. Both. Yeah. Uh, a graph, there's different types of graphs. I looked at not the line kind because yeah. that's not as helpful for me. The kinds that look like mountains. Got you. And, but I did, uh, gain a lot of insight from the ones that shoot straight up like mm-hmm. different colored bars. Yeah. Of- I mean, you're talking to somebody who <clears throat> the only... The only class, like I wasn't a straight A student, mm-hmm. um, but I wasn't a bad student either. Yeah, but the road. yeah, but one one class that um, the only class in high school that I failed was statistics. Oh, ugh. and I could not fucking understand it. Like I just couldn't wrap my head around it. Yeah. It was too like. It was just it was just too mathy. Yeah, in a mathy way that I don't know. I like algebra. That makes sense to me. Yeah, it's more like a puzzle. Like you just put in all the pieces and then you're able to figure out like the shape of what's missing statistics. uh, Yeah. Once, once they started talking about like correlation and causation and like all this shit, I was like, "Uh Oh, it's like a bunch of stuff. That's not math that you turn into math. Yeah, for sure. It's weird about it. Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. I can't. Sorry. Real fast. Is that a, is that a marijuana plant? Yes. (laughs) That is beautiful. That's, what, um, I, guess, I might ask you after this, after we do this podcast, I might ask you some questions about yeah. that. Cause I'm, I'm looking to have a little plant myself. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what I know. Uh, my boyfriend, Charles is the one who he did turned, it. He, yeah. He did it start as a clone. No, he started it as a seed. Wow. Um, he's got a real green thumb. I think if this was my responsibility entirely, it mm-hmm. would be not anything like you that. You would. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my attention span for something ongoing like this is, I my attention span is just so bad in general. I tried to take a bath for the first time since like high school the other day, and I couldn't. I couldn't. That's do crazy. It. <laughs> you haven't taken a bath since high school. I it's just been all once. showers. Yeah. yeah, all showers. Wow. Because baths are, I don't know. It seemed like a great idea. I got out of the bath seven times to get stuff to bring to the bath right. to try and make it fun. Right. Um. And so, yeah, most of my time was spent like sitting in the bath and then being like, oh, this is, you know what I should get. And like getting out of the bag. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) And then by the time that I had everything, Mm. I was like, I sat there for about four minutes and then I was like, okay, well, I'm done with the bath. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I can't do it. I can't sit. I can't have plants. Can't have a bath. Yeah. I love, um, I feel like the time I take a bath the most is, um, if I'm at a hotel Mm. that has like a decent bathtub. Oh yeah. That's, you know what I mean? Like the bigger, the bigger sort of bathtubs. Yeah. Um, or like I remember I stayed at a hotel, I think actually in San Francisco ah. that had the um what are those called? The like 
Are they lion claws? The bathtubs oh, with yeah, the lion, the clawfoot. The clawfoot. Those are it's, very cool. Those are dope. And, and when why it's like, are they? it doesn't make sense as to why we think they're so cool. It's just a bath that's up. But it is, so yeah. Cool. <laughs> it is cool. It is cool. I think like because one thing I like about them is like it, they're, they're like deeper. Mm, you know what yeah. I mean? I yeah, feel yeah. like it's as opposed to um, a normal bath. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I think also maybe because it's just it, it feels like I'm taking a bath in the 1920s. Yeah, like a king. Well, kings, are, I guess we're over, but yeah. it does feel very like like mm, Winston. So fancy. Yeah, like yeah. Winston Churchill famously would sit in his like clawfoot bath and <laughs> and think of his foreign yeah. policy and mm-hmm. what to do. Yeah. <laughs> then he'd get out seven times and bring <laughs> yeah <laughs> more essential oils and yeah. uh, what do they call those bath bombs? Yeah, <laughs> I've never done a bath bomb. Uh. Ba- uh, so the uh, San Francisco, though right, you were saying, right, yeah, right. Bath in San Francisco leads us to the the terrible housing problem there. It's so ex- oh, charts and graphs, charts so and I, graphs. Right, I yeah. looked at some charts, <laughs> yeah, or graphs. Um, I guess a chart would be like a an Excel sheet. I okay. didn't look at anything like that. Right, I looked at a graph. Uh, basically. People, the amount that people have to make in San Francisco, I feel like the poverty line for a single male in the, federally is like twelve thousand okay. something a year right. in San Francisco. Um, I don't know why I said single male. That's what the graph said. Mm. Well, I guess dudes make more. Ugh, yeah, dudes make more than ladies. I know. It's so freaking dumb. Yeah, it is. So dumb. that's why. Uh, but in San Francisco, it's like thirty-five thousand or something. Is the poverty line? Not. <clears throat> it's what it. How much you have to make to be self-sustainable? Holy shit! In San Fran, and then it has like all the outer lying areas, right? As well, and crazy graphs. <laughs> More- and is that is that just to like live in a place and? I think to be able to yeah, like live in a place, buy food for yourself, right? And um. Yeah, be sustainable in a way that isn't like uh, yeah struggling. But I yeah um, crazy. So there's this organization called Tipping Point Community, which just pledged like two days ago um, that they're gonna raise one hundred million dollars for the, the like poverty and homeless causes in San Francisco. Oh wow! Yeah, so I looked into what Tipping Point is. And it seems like it's basically like a big, it's a giant nonprofit. And what they do is they raise money and give it to other nonprofits who help with different at all the different aspects of, um, because they bring up, you know, there's no one way to fix the homeless problem or the housing crisis or any of that. So they raise money and, um, grant grants. Is that how you would say that? They grant a grant. Give, I think so. They yeah. give a grant. Yeah. To um to the different nonprofits helping in different ways. And so they just pledged they're gonna do a hundred million, I think, uh this year. They've already done a hundred million in the in the past, but they just made a big announcement like And and has that do you know what that a hundred million dollars like what kind of dent that will make into it or have they said anything like that? They said, um, that last year, uh, the grant, the grantees, that's the right word for it. 
the, the grantees uh, impact that they gave grants to <laughs> impacted the lives of 137,000 people in need. Wow. Um, they also focus a lot on schooling and job training, um, finding stable housing. Um, so almost 2000 students enrolled in college. They help with college payment. Um, 2,400 people enrolled in new jobs uh, about 6,000 people found stable housing. 800 babies were born at a healthy weight. Wow. That's great. Yeah. That's so great. Um, Does San Francisco have... San Francisco doesn't have a bigger homeless population than L.A., though, does it? It doesn't. I guess what I was reading is, like, the... Since it's so much smaller, like, the amount... It, the actual population amount is smaller but the mm. statistics are one in five people in san francisco yeah or, or in the bay bay area in general holy is what shit they one in five people are homeless yeah wow. or at at po- like struggling or impoverished mm-hmm. wow um because sometimes homeless can also mean like maybe you're not technically on the street but the your housing situation is like maybe you have five people in a one bedroom right can also be considered right homeless and then yeah and it's not consistent and it's yeah. not yeah that's crazy it just goes to show you that like even in a great state like california which i i, I always really i'm very proud of the fact that i live in california yeah. but even a, even in a state as great as california we still we still got to do better yeah yeah and still not good enough california yeah and there's so much it's it's a tough thing to figure out because what's happening is like there's so much money in places like San Francisco and the Bay Area because of tech and all of that that's blowing up right. that it's pushing uh, it's pushing everybody else out. Yeah. Um, and then L.A. is its own anomaly like Skid Row. Like people will put their homeless populations on buses and send them to Los Angeles. Will they really? Mm-hmm. Because we have, like, I think we're one of the only cities with, like, a designated, like, Skid Row is, like, a designated right. spot on the map. So. Which is terrible. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I, I remember reading something about, um, and I'm not, I'm not 100% sure exactly what they did, but um, I remember reading this article that Salt Lake City in Utah yes. did some sort of, like, provide shelter or or, or or like i think a one-bedroom apartment or something mm-hmm. like that for every single homeless person in the city yeah and i guess they saw really great results from it yeah yeah uh i'm gonna write that down to look into for next week's stuff because i was talking about this i think with my mom they did like totally eradicate their homeless problem yeah right um in salt lake city mm-hmm. yeah i think that's i think i remember reading that as well Okay, I'm going to look. I'm going to do some research on that, find some charts and graphs. and More charts and graphs. Get back to people next week. I feel like in my brain, and maybe maybe I'm wrong here, but in my brain, I feel like graphs are usually a little bit more fun, maybe? Like a little bit more colorful. Yeah. And and charts to me feel a little bit more uh, maybe just like a straight up numbers sort of thing. Right, like just a list of... Yeah. Numbers. Yeah. But I also, I, I also don't feel very confident about what I said. Uh, I don't either uh, about, I, 
Also, next week, I'm going to get back to everybody about the difference between a chart and a graph. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We'll get back to you on that, guys. And super sorry for anyone listening who (laughs) knows anything about that. Yeah. And also super sorry to anybody that's listening to this that has to wait a week to find out the difference between a chart and a graph. You can't find out on your own. You no. have to wait. And they're just pacing in their place back and forth. What is it? Yeah. Do they have colors? God, I have to wait till next week. <laughs> All week I'm going to be wondering about this. I have no idea. Is it a chart? Is it a graph? <laughs> is it a diagram? Oh, that's a Oh, a diagram. okay wait this i just thought a pie chart is a colorful image-based thing so fuck i don't know we got it no i'm gonna research but is it a pie chart or a pie graph oh see there we go yeah but i get i i think you could call it either can't you you probably could I could probably Google this right now and find it in one sentence, but I'm, yeah. not going, I'm not going to. And see, this goes right back to what we started talking about, which is I think clearly I have very generalized ideas of certain things. <laughs> like I, you know, I want cats to be like dogs yeah. or I want all my charts to be just numbers and my yeah. graphs to be fun and colorful and playful. <laughs> Um, but really, why can't a chart be playful? Yeah. And why can't a graph just be numbers? Maybe they can be both. Absolutely, they can be both. They can be whatever they want to be. That's the beauty of um, of identity, you know? Yeah. Nothing uh, nothing can hold you back. That's right. <laughs> Not even James Mastriano. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll try. I'll try my best to hold you back. Um. Okay. San Francisco, doing good, $100 million. Uh, Tipping Point does seem like a good... I did have a moment where I was like, is this a... I do have a hard time understanding it a little bit because it's like a giant company that raises money and gives it to smaller companies. Right. Which I'm like, uh, that could be a bad thing. But I think they just... They have a bunch of private donors and uh, they also work with the government and get people behind them. Mm. in a big way and then disperse the money to different people and they put a lot of research into whether nonprofits really do what they're saying they're gonna do oh good yeah like a pretty extensive screening process yeah because you don't want to give it all to white cleft gene no for sure (laughs) make sure he's not running any of those nonprofits yeah because we learned one thing we learned about Wyclef gene is that um he will steal all the money from the nonprofit is it Jean or... Is it Jean? Jean? It's Wyclef Jean. Is it? But I... Wyclef Jean? <laughs> that makes sense because he's it from is. Haiti and that's uh, uh-huh. French, right? And it's just like Partially how French. Jean is spelled like Jean. Yeah, that makes sense. I apologize. Uh, I am saying this to you as a person who has also said Jean and got jumped on. <laughs> so, For saying Wyclef like, Jean? Yeah. yeah. We're like... Oh, Hannah. Yeah. Come on. And I was like, I know. It's understandable. I probably deserve <laughs> to be reprimanded for saying Jean instead of Jean. Why Clef Jean? You know what? If you steal $15 million from a nonprofit that you're you're claiming is helping people in Haiti, you don't deserve to have your last name pronounced the way it should be pronounced. Yeah, that's we're going to call you Jean. Yeah, when you're a monster, <laughs> when you're an absolute awful human being. Yeah. I didn't even know about this. He, you didn't know about this? No. Oh, Google this shit. He is okay. terrible. He uh-huh. set up this huge um, sort of like relief uh, nonprofit organization for Haiti after Haiti was like just fucking devastated. 
Um, oh. And then my man took millions. That's so bad. Yeah. Well, uh, tipping. Yeah, I'm going down the rabbit hole over right now. Tipping point will not be giving any money to Wyclef. Jean. <laughs> That's good. They they'll they'll find you out. So don't don't try and get a grant from them. Yeah, they won't that's grant great. it to you. Mm, trying to see if there's anything else I wanted to say about them. Uh, the official launch date for the hundred million initiative is July first, but they've already dished out two million. Oh, great! Mm, they're just they're tossing millions. That's great. Like, yeah, which is one thing. For some reason, I well, it makes sense that I get skeptical, but I'm like, where's this? When there's millions of dollars in a place, oh, yeah. I'm always like, but how and why? Especially $100 million is so much money. Yeah. Uh, um, and it, when it's that much money and, like, you know, feel like people could just take a little here, take yeah, a little here, right. you know? Yeah. And no one, well, I'll, I'll try and stay positive about it. Yeah. I get so, I just get so free. I get so negative about money in general because I hate it. I just hate it so much. Yeah, it's it's pretty. It really is. Yeah. People get weird when you get it. Like when you start, people just get so weird about. It. Some people do. Yeah. Power Some people definitely like. I feel like I feel like money. You just gotta use it as a tool. But then when you start to like make it some sort of great priority in your life, maybe yeah. that's over other things that should be a priority. I think yeah. maybe that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah, it takes a turn. Yeah. Oh, here's a here's a side note about a uh, rapper who is doing good things with money and not taking it from people. Uh, Nikki, did you see Nicki Minaj is like paying I everyone? I did. I did. I think that is so dope. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I read through all the tweets and all of it this morning. She did 30 paid off 30 different people's student loans. Man, that's so that's so generous and 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 incredible. Yeah, yeah. I love it too because she did it because there's some. It started because of some contest that's happening, and she tweeted out a thing of like, "Yeah, I'll pay for your airfare if you win." Like people are doing a contest to try and get a trip to Las Vegas to spend time with her for something, and she'll mm. pay for their airfare. And somebody tweeted out like, "How about paying for my student loans?" And then she was like, "Okay," and she like started this whole thing. No way. Saturday night, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And so she just did it. She started feeling like generous. Yeah. And man, that's awesome. Good for her. Yeah. She and good did. for those people. Like that's that's giving um, you know, student loans are fucking crazy ridiculous. Yeah. It's and a nightmare. Giving people an opportunity, maybe. Yeah. And uh she did have the stipulation you have to have a four and send me your like I need confirmation from your school. That you're like a student and you have a 4.0. No cool. ripoffs, people. Yeah, no ripoffs. <laughs> 4.0. That's that's. I she's know. not fucking around either. I no. mean, like that's like you got to be a really good student. Yeah. Yeah. I did not. I had a sometimes a 4.0, but then some stuff like statistics and yeah. sneak in there, and I will. I will do a bad job. <laughs> yeah. No, I. Yeah, I don't. Even, I, I don't think I ever got that 4.0. Yeah. Thinking hard about it. It's too late for me. <laughs> yeah. She'll never pay off your student loans. Uh, speaking of young people in college, look at this. Nice segue. segue. Nice segue. <laughs> um, there's a 18 year old kid who his mom had breast cancer twice. Um, had to have a double mastectomy, mm -hmm. basically. 
He is 18 years old. He developed a bra that will um, hopefully be able to detect breast cancer. Wow. Yeah. It's called the, and this is like just, uh, this just in. So it hasn't been, it's new. It hasn't been around for them long enough to know if it will totally, uh, like stop it. But, um, the idea is it's called the Ava bra. He also just won like a crazy young people in science award to, uh, to get it out there uh more that's Let's amazing see. yeah his name is julio julian rios Cantu. um this is a mexican company that he and like the board of i gotta show you the photo the board of people who run the company the photos of them oh weird it's all it's like a ton of like seven 18 year old kids that's crazy <laughs> yeah. it really is it's like a it's it's like four young men yeah that's crazy (laughs) um yeah and he's the ceo the idea is you would put it on uh once i think once a week and it would do for like an hour or two and it does like a full scan and tracks like um everything about your boobs like texture and heat and uh color um temperature that's incredible and then it records it and it and there's like an app. Of course, there's an app. There's an app for yeah everything. There's an app for everything, <laughs> even breast cancer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> so you'll be able to track and notice any differences right away, because the biggest thing with breast cancer is you just you a lot of times it's not detected until it's way too late. Right. Yeah. My mom is a breast cancer survivor. She is. Yeah. Oh, she I is. She also that. had double mastectomy. Wow. Um. And she just she's. She hit her five-year remission mark like two years ago. Wow. Yeah. So she's now back at that. I guess once you have the double mastectomy and then once you get to five years, mm-hmm. your percentage of getting that kind of cancer again is like goes back to very, very, very low. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But she was also, I mean, she was very lucky she got it, you know, uh, I think it was like right in the beginning of like stage two and it mm-hmm. was um you know not it it hadn't metastasized or anything yeah oh it's so scary yeah i hope they can somehow come up with like a whole body bra that right. just detects cancer anywhere yeah you just get in a scuba suit yeah once a week yeah that would be great yeah um or like that from i mean it wasn't a great movie that elysium with uh matt damon where all the rich people live up on the like earth is a shithole and all the rich people live up on this yeah. spacecraft that's like floating just above earth right. uh just to like rub it into everybody's uh faces and like the people that are on that ship they're there's they're able to like lie in these things that kill all their cancer cells every day Whoa. um which is pretty i mean obviously it's a fictional movie, it's a movie but but That'd be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Just jump in a microwave every day. And yeah. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like I do think the, this idea like will, well, it'll have to escalate to full body soon. Yeah. Right. Hopefully. 
I mean, there's a thing out there. I keep getting stupid ads on my Facebook. I get ads for the stupidest thing, and it makes me question like my personality because I know that fa- Facebook like screens. Oh yeah, stuff, and they target specifically towards totally you. yeah. And mine are all that freaking that karaoke thing where you basically sing karaoke by yourself into your phone. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Why is this? I thought everyone was getting them. I get them all over the place. And then I realized, no, this is just, this is targeting me. That's so funny. Or something. And uh, I think it's because Facebook listens while I sing in my car. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) That's really funny. They must, yeah. Because I... I don't talk about karaoke ever. Yeah. Never like, we got to go to karaoke tonight. That's crazy. (laughs) And then the other thing I get is this thing called the glove, which, so this is not going to be far off it. You, it's like this pair of shorts you put on and it measures everything about like your weight and your body. So you can lose weight. Oh, really? So you can, it's better supposed to be better than a scale. Oh, so, it so it's like measuring like mm-hmm. what, like your BMI and your yeah. body fat percentage and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And cool. like your measurement. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I'd probably put it on too much just because it would be fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> see, <laughs> What's going on? Let's see where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but those are the two things that are on there all the time. I'm like, who am I? That's like, so I- funny. <laughs> I remember for a while I kept seeing a bunch of advertisements for <clears throat> men's underwear. Uh, <laughs> um, but it would always show up different kinds yeah. of underwear. Cause I, I was on Amazon and was uh, like yeah, yeah. trying to buy new underwear. Yeah. And, um, but I tend to be pretty much like in terms of comfort, just a, a boxer briefs type right. of guy. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, I think the combination of the two is a yeah. nice, it's a nice hybrid that works for me. Yeah. Um, but I would get all of these ads on my Facebook for all these different kinds of men's <laughs> underwear, um, which made me like, okay, you picked up on the algorithm picked up on that. I was looking for underwear, right. but boy, did it miss what kind of, I'm not going to buy a bikini cut. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I'm not buying bikini cup underwear. That's very uncomfortable to yeah. me. Um, so the algorithm was a little bit off. Little I think. Off. Yeah. I hope it's way off for me. Maybe this is just the type of person I am. Yeah. I'm just like obs- apparently obsessed with my weight and love to go to karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't think I was either one of those things. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, okay. It's bra, guess breast cancer bra. Also way to go teenagers for just doing good stuff. Way to go teenagers. Yeah. Just when we, as we get older and we count you out, you you surprise us. Yeah, you find your way back in. Yeah. Um. Oh, are we already to? Oh, wait, no. Um. <laughs> I found this cool group. I've talked in the past couple episodes with Mary Holland. I talked about this uh, a tool, uh, tool library in Saint Cloud. Um, Saint Cloud, Minnesota. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Um. I almost said Missouri, but it's Minnesota for sure. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, maybe there's more than one. Um, St. Cloud, Minnesota, where Casey Fay is from. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I don't really know Casey Fay, but everyone tell him to go here <laughs> when he goes back. Because you can go and you can uh, rent any tool. And there's also a building warehouse. And you can, like, the whole idea is sharing and being able to make stuff without having to spend the money on the tools. And also oh, being able cool. to have the space to do it. 
Um, so I was so excited about that. And then I found a, something similar to it again last week. And then this week I found this place uh, in Toronto. They have a tool library as well with like building space. And also you can rent any tool that you need. Now they have the sharing depot, which is every like just the whole idea is stuff that you might need just sometimes, but you don't want to spend the money and you don't have the storage so the oh idea that's is to cool like, yeah cut down on consumerism right based. so they have camping supplies they have party supplies basically just a whole huge inventory of stuff that's great yeah and that really does yeah that's so because because like everybody you're you're so you're, you're totally right like everybody doesn't need a ladder no you know what i mean like i'm not talking about a step stool i'm talking about like one of those big ass how often right. are you getting on a roof you right. know but if there was a place where you could go and you could share a ladder yeah, and then cut down on like, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. The, I guess that would be better for the earth, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I love this. That's cool. I love it so much. Uh, yeah. Cause they're like, or, um, they have a ton of stuff for like house parties. Like if you need a karaoke machine there it is <laughs> here we are i love karaoke <laughs> um then you can rent that and you can uh take stuff out for, there's different memberships they're all extremely affordable um the one in st cloud is like you pay 50 dollars for the full year and you have access oh, to wow. as many tools that's a great and, deal yeah take it out and return it um this one there's different levels of membership but uh yeah you can rent stuff for three to four days or for a full week and then bring it back um they have games they have uh yeah they have it all and then they also have basically swap meets but where everything is share swap as opposed to costing money so like a gift mm. economy idea where uh if you're a member they'll hold different events and you bring stuff that you don't want anymore and you can look around and take stuff Stop. that maybe you need yeah um and it was all started uh the company is like a canadian nonprofit that started so they started the 201 and then this one just basically to be like how do we cut back on our waste so it's called the institute for a resource-based economy it's great yeah yeah i would never i i some people are so um inventive and and just like smart and yeah um like such great problem solvers i, I feel like i would yeah. never think of stuff like that yeah it's such a basic idea yeah. too that when you hear about it you're like of course yeah <laughs> makes perfect sense so smart um yeah their their vision is to um uh oh r let's see i r b e is the acronym they envision a world that responds wait i'm just gonna read the whole thing yeah i'm trying to summarize it and i'm doing a bad job <laughs> <laughs> uh the mission of irb is to work at the intersection of economics and in the environment by challenging people's perceptions of ownership and our relationship to the earth's resources our vision today's dominant economic system has created unprecedented crisis that exploit people and our planet irbe envisions a world that responds to this crisis by sharing resources creating resilient projects and communities and motivating us to our highest potential 
Yeah. I'm yeah. into it. I'm very into it. They also do uh, same with the. I'm obsessed with the tool library in St. Cloud because I think it's one of the only ones in the United States. That's so cool. Is, yeah. yeah. But they do a thing there and they also do this here where people know how to build shit and they have these awesome tools and they'll teach you how to do stuff. Right. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, Make people more self-efficient, self-sufficient. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also it's such a huge thing if you live in a city. Cause like, I'd love to make my own stuff. I have, I was talking about this with Mary. I have no, I have, there's no place to do it. Yeah. Not, and nobody has a, nobody has a table saw yeah. or a cutter, cutter stuff. Absolutely. Stuff to cut stuff. Stuff to cut stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be cool to do something. And maybe this already exists too, but I was just thinking like, it'd be cool to do something like that with, with creative things or art as well. Yeah. Like have like an instrument library or, mm-hmm. Um, a, a library where you could go get sculpting material or painting yeah. material or like that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, would be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, everything library. Yeah. I love this idea so much. Cause yeah, it just keeps people from buying. Yep. We don't need to buy stuff anymore. It, there's already enough stuff. There's so much stuff. We can just stop buying it yeah. and just use each other's stuff. That's true. Um, Yeah. Could all cut back a little bit. We really should. Um, okay. Uh, are you ready for some good hometown news? I'm ready. Let's hear it. Okay. James is from Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Pennsylvania. You're one of the, you're, when I think of a proud Pittsburghian, mm-hmm. it's, I think of you. Gotta be, gotta be <laughs> proud of, proud to be from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, it's a great city. Yeah. Did you have a good time growing up there? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, just like any other city, it comes with um, it comes with its challenges and mm-hmm. its benefits and that sort of stuff. But um, there's so many great things about Pittsburgh that um, I think get overlooked in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I think people have this vision of Pittsburgh as being this sort of what it used to be, which is, you know, um, sort of like a a dying city or, mm. or a city that, um, is, is dirty and, and industrial. Yeah. Um, and it's really not that anymore. It's, it's become this hubbub for, uh, or this, this major hub for, um, like biochemical type oh, of stuff and cool. science and medicine. Um, so it's great. Big hubbub. A little, a big hubbub. <laughs> I know. I was like, wait, that's not the word. A hub. Hubbub, hubbub. A big hubbub. <laughs> um yeah it's great that's really cool um great food too i mean it's terrible food for you a lot of it but it's just so fucking good is it the place of like hoagies and that kind of stuff is that hoagies pierogies uh it's it's got a huge italian and polish influence ah yeah yeah a lot of sandwiches uh permani brothers is like a sandwich shop where they put uh, French fries and coleslaw on every single sandwich. Oh it's gosh. fucking unbelievable. That sounds It's really so good. good. Yeah. Do you eat at Fat Sal's here? Not every- yet. This is the second day in a row, I shit you not, where somebody has asked me <laughs> if I've been to Fat Sal's and uh, how I need to go there. Yeah, you probably should. Yeah. If you like stuff in sandwiches. <coughs> I ordered a sandwich there from there once that I... I was confused and I thought it was a sandwich with like chicken fingers and fries and stuff on the side. But and it, it was, all was in. It was all inside the sandwich. Wow. <laughs> that sounds bomb. It was, it, they have really good sandwiches. Yeah. 
Um, well, talking about how Pittsburgh is becoming more of a part of what I read is that, yeah, like a lot of young people are actually moving back into like the main part of the city. Yeah. So the city hubs are getting bigger. But because of that, similar to San Francisco, there's a pro there's a lot of people are having a hard time finding affordable housing, mm. which has become an issue. And so the city in Pittsburgh proper. Yeah. Got you. Mm-hmm. Um, also, what is a, what is Rust Belt? Do you know what that is? About? Mm-hmm. The Rust Belt cities? Yeah. The, the Rust Belt is considered to be um, the part of the country that um, at one point was sort of the, the driving coal and steel uh, okay. industries. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about Rust Belt cities are like Pittsburgh, Cleveland, um, <clears throat> maybe Detroit could be considered that Erie, Pennsylvania, um, through like West Virginia a little mm-hmm. bit. Those are like the Rust Belt. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. It's also, I mean, the Rust Belt is, is a lot of the reason why Hillary Clinton is not our president. Uh, right. Yeah. Coal, 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 coal and old school yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Well, so in those, I guess it's speaking about those, like it says, like a lot of Rust Belt cities, it's go- undergoing a rental renaissance, uh, apparently. Oh, yeah. So a lot of people are moving back in and it's m- becoming more of a. You new, rent. Yeah. New yeah. school, more of a. Well, it makes me think probably of like had downtown L.A. right now because it used to be yeah. just more industrial and there was nobody there. And now it's like such the hip cool place to be yeah and it's expensive um so anyway the uh the pittsburgh community reinvestment group is a coalition of leaders working uh for economic justice and equitable resource to revitalize the pittsburgh region so right now they're working on uh affordable housing and the housing uh what is the Affordable Housing Task Force and the Housing Opportunity Fund, which was something that I think was created this year that is a giant pool of money, Mm -hmm. uh, which is overseen by uh, governing and advisory board, which creates new affordable housing within city limits and also rehabilitates uh, old structures that are maybe uh, going down. So... That's great, yeah. especially for for a city like Pittsburgh that has, I think, probably a lot of. I mean, I I don't go back quite as much as when I was there, but yeah. probably a lot of infrastructure issues, mm-hmm. like really old buildings, yeah. really old bridges. Because Pittsburgh's the city of bridges; it's got the second most bridges in the world. What? Yeah, bridges are so cool. Bridges are cool. They're so pretty. Yeah, and they it's got like the only city in the world with more bridges is Amsterdam. Oh, interesting. Because the, the city of Pittsburgh it was built on three separate rivers oh, I didn't that, that come together to form the it's the Ohio River, the Allegheny, and the Monongahela. Oh, cool. Um and they, they form this triangle and that's where Pittsburgh's on. That's did you go do people go floating in Pittsburgh? Oh yeah. Something? Yeah. It's a huge they have uh the, a big like um like every every summer they have like speedboat races and you know, people that have boats during pirates games will like go into the river and drink and yeah. like, yeah, that's it, fun. It's a big, uh, 
It's a big, big thing. River people are uh, fun people. Oh, the river people. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're working. They're basically working to put a big pool of money into m- making it so people don't get pushed out of the city and that uh, old structures get revitalized and people can still afford to live there That's great. as things change. The only issue that they're coming up against is figuring where... Uh, where to get the money from? Because it's basically a tax, and the first the first one they did was put a tax on real estate trading. So when things go from one hand to another, they pay a higher tax. Hmm. But all the realtors are really mad about that. So they're, I guess, they're kind of in a flux on as where where to continue to pull the money from. Yeah, got that's you. Their, that's their biggest thing. Um. Yeah, they just want to make sure that what's happening to Pittsburgh, like a lot of other cities, doesn't happen to Pittsburgh, it sounds like, with people getting pushed out. Yeah, good for you, Pittsburgh. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, volunteer, the uh, Pittsburgh man, Jack Bromba, whose dad was, is that how you say it? His dad was Boyd Bromba, who paid, played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he's like a dude around Pittsburgh town who's known as coach because he also uh, he used to coach semi-pro football. Okay. Um, but he's like volunteer of the year, probably. We'll find out on Thursday. Oh, <laughs> we'll find out on Thursday. Well, good luck. Uh, yeah, he spends a lot of like for over 10 years. He's just been helping the homeless a ton. And he goes out all the time, spends time with the homeless community, brings them stuff they need blankets food all of that he started a uh like a smaller uh organization called blankets over pittsburgh and yeah he just like he is like a super dope guy i guess that's awesome yeah that's great i love it good job i hope he wins yeah (laughs) find out on thursday yeah uh okay now we're to animal corner which is where i just give news about animals (laughs) (laughs) great uh this one made me laugh a lot i found it in like some small town newspaper um in tennessee they're that's like so obscure and funny to me so they're they're calling all animal lovers uh at the williamson county animal center they're they're doing a thing where like everyone is gonna paint rocks um to raise awareness for for the animal center they're gonna paint rocks yeah like uh, paint them how like what it says they're gonna that you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna paint a bunch of rocks and hide them around the community okay um and i'm assuming the rocks will probably say stuff about the animal center oh i see um so if you find it you get like a little fact or a tidbit or something yeah you know a little hubbub little hubbub <laughs> yeah you get a little hubbub uh and that uh, art supplies are being provided by the shelter all you need to bring are some rocks just bring some rocks <laughs> to raise awareness for the animals yeah. <laughs> i love it so much that's great it's so obscure and specific yeah Um, so that's happening in Tennessee. Also, they, uh, there was a thing that was started at American university in Washington, DC, where, uh, people who are afraid of like, as part of one of their 
I think classes there. I think it was history. They've started bringing audiences of dogs for people to practice giving their speeches to. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> they started bring How do I mean like how do you keep how do you keep them under control? I guess they're chilled off. Yeah. Um Maybe they're part service. This is a, an example of me like r reading slightly into it and being like, that's great. Uh, and then not going much further. Right. But they, uh, because dogs are often used to reduce anxiety. Um, and so there's like special audience dogs that they're bringing in. That's so funny. Oh, wait. It says they're not trained dogs. We're looking for dogs that are very secure and chill and loving who will maintain eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> who will maintain eye contact. Um, yeah. I think that's so funny because personally for me, I don't think that would reduce my anxiety about public speaking. Yeah. The idea of standing in a room full of dogs staring at me would like make me so self-aware of that. That's what I was doing. Right. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't have any issues really with public speaking, but I think that it, that would definitely be something that I, I don't see how I would get any benefits yeah. from it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love dogs, so that would be dope. I'd, I'd give a speech to dogs. Yeah. seems pretty generalized to me though. Yeah. No cats. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, yeah, there. Yep, you're right. There I go again. There I go again. It's not just you, James. You're not. <laughs> you're just a part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's my good news. And now we're that's to my great. favorite part, where I just get to ask you about your own personal good news story. Yeah. Time in your life that you were affected in a positive way. Um. Yeah. You. You had emailed me this, asking me this, and it's such a hard question to answer because there's um just so many you know i feel like in yeah. in 33 years i feel like there's been um so many moments of good things you know yeah yeah so it's hard to like figure out which one to talk about well it better be the very best one <laughs> i know right like it's it's uh, there's that pressure to make it like incredible or yeah. amazing or, or what have you. But I, that's what I like about it. Cause the point is it doesn't, uh, it doesn't need to be incredible. It's like right. I'm listening to everybody's stories. Cause it just, it, it proves to me like good stuff happens all the time. Yeah. Everybody. And, uh, listening to people talk about it, it like affects people in in ways that it is like long lasting and you don't realize totally. it until you kind of really start to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Um, well, I mean, like, one way that you know me is through, you know, improv and comedy and such. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that um, in a lot of ways, I think that improv and, you know, UCB and the community and all that sort of stuff obviously has played a major part, but just improv in general just the just the art form of it and everything mm -hmm. um you know i think helped me i think when i you know coming out of a uh, uh out of my adolescence yeah. you know as an adolescent and in my early 20s and stuff i was um i think i was dealing with a lot of like depression and emotional problems um and I've had depression for, for, you know, 
since I was like 14 or 15 mm-hmm. years old and mm-hmm. um, a lot of different issues. And I was getting in trouble a lot with the police and the law and getting arrested and, um, you know, really, really hadn't found. I don't think I had found a way to live life um, in any way. And then when I discovered improv, um, I don't know. I think that I started to learn a little bit better and more about through improv how to deal with my emotions. You know, and I I think obviously therapy helps as well. I Mm -hmm. wouldn't say that improv is a replacement for therapy, but definitely (laughs) helps the two go together. Um, And, you know, I think it really helped me um deal with those issues a lot a lot better and sort of start to try to live more of like a moment to moment type of existence mm-hmm. um off stage just like on stage yeah. um and be a little bit more aware of that it's been really helpful and as as a result I'm I'm helping you know in in, in a lot of my life there's been a mental health has been like a pretty big thing in my in my family like my dad um, both of my parents are recovering addicts and have dealt with mental health themselves. My dad is a psychologist and deals with substance abuse mm-hmm. and, um, or he's retired now. So like mental health is a pretty big thing in my family. And I'm actually working with, um, a psychiatrist now to try to develop a very simple, like, uh, structured improv based thing for people with, um, severe mental health issues, um, to try to get them to, um, just be able to, on a basic level, communicate a little bit better Mm -hmm. and have a little bit of relief from, from their mental health issues. And, um, so yeah, I think that like, um, Again, there's been so many positive things, but I think that uh, for me, that's definitely something that has been, um, you know, taking me from a place where I I didn't know where I was heading in my life. And Mm -hmm. I did feel very much, um, you know, sort of controlled by uh, my depression and anxiety and, and, you know, um, and found this great thing that was able to help me live I think a a little bit of a better life. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Like, as you were talking, I was just thinking about just as people, I feel like we just want to be heard and communication is, why is it so hard? Yeah. You know? And, uh, I think improv has helped me with that a lot as well. And it's funny that like you have to go on stage and, be living in a pretend world to figure out totally how to do uh better in this world yeah why does it seem so much more scary to talk to people one-on-one as opposed to like fake talk to them right on stage right yeah i don't know i think for me it, it it like it helped me realize just in the practice of trying to replicate being human it helped me understand what it means to be human a Mm. little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I think when, for me, when I've been able to understand what it means to be human, I've been able to forgive myself. I've been able to forgive other people. um, And I've been able to sort of live in those nuances a little bit more as, as opposed to, 
you know, I think that when I was dealing a lot more with mental health stuff, everything's very black and white. Yeah. Very black and white. Um, and it, it wasn't until like really discovering this that I, I think that I was really able to recognize just how gray and nuanced everything is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and you know, I, I, Obviously, this is just one small chapter of my life, and and I in no way, shape, or form have anything figured out. But, you know, and I don't think anybody does, but if you can find something in your life that helps you manage your moment-to-moment happiness, Mm -hmm. right, and helps you understand just those those moments in your life or, or get more meaning from those moments in your life, then whatever it is, I I think that that's a good thing. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And, uh, I feel like something that's definitely helped me too. Uh, I think in the, I, everybody has anxiety and everybody like realizing that everybody kind of feels that way. Totally. And has, I don't know. I feel like you grow up, especially as a teenager, you feel I feel like part of the reason teenagers are so angsty is like, that's when you realize that maybe the world is kind of shitty Yeah. and parents and everybody already know that and have been living in it. So in your head, you're like, are you not seeing this? And in their heads, they're like, yes, we have for a long time. Totally. Still go through the world. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Cause you got to, Yeah. you got to keep moving forward. Yeah. And, uh, so kind of coming to that realization that like, Oh, Everybody has these fears and this anxiety. Everybody, when they walk into a room or are meeting people, is like yeah, a little nervous. Totally. Nobody's like as cool as they like. We all nobody have this is weird energy. Yeah. And so just being like, oh yeah, we all. I know, <laughs> I know, and 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 that's another thing is like that I've learned as well for for myself, um, is being able to like embrace my insecurities and mm-hmm. embrace my neuroses and, um, you know, embrace just how messy and imperfect I am. Um, and also how messy and imperfect everybody else is too. Yeah. And, and improv has always taught me and provided me an opportunity to learn how to play with that messiness yeah. and play with that, um, imperfection on stage and i think as a result of that it, it's it's helped me off stage as well yeah um and yeah yeah so um yeah i mean like that feels like maybe that's is that good news i don't know i think it's great news yeah 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 i would i when i realize that's why i love comedy is because it celebrates imperfections rather than trying to hide them yeah and when i first moved to la i was so freaked out about uh, and I don't know, especially as a girl, like, oh, okay, I should start being smaller and try and fit totally. into this, this certain person type of, or yeah. that type. Yeah. And once I realized I'd always liked comedy and I've, I'd always leaned towards it. But once, once I realized that's what I wanted to do, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, it just celebrates people. It does. You're not trying to hide anything. You're trying to blow yeah. it out and like, like, see, look, look at this crazy thing. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that so much. I feel like it celebrates people and it celebrates authenticity and and it celebrates people that embrace, you know, who they are authentically as opposed to so much. I feel like of, of, of life 
for a lot of people is hiding who they really are mm-hmm. um, or fabricating who they are as opposed to embracing themselves fully and just going, this is who I am. Yeah. You know, um, there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. You know, so let's just deal with who I am. Yeah. Um, and I'll deal with who you are and yeah. we'll figure out a way to make it work, you know, Going forward. Yeah. It's like uh, I was talking to one of my friends recently about when people do weird little lies about stuff. Right. It's so frustrating because if you're just up front from the beginning, like I'll stand behind you. Yeah. Even if I don't necessarily agree with it, I'm not going to hate you. Yeah. I'm going to be like, well, this is who you are. And thanks for being up. But it's when people lie about stuff or are like weirdly hiding who they are. Totally. Then it makes things so weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get mad and you get hurt when you find out that they're not being authentic. Totally. I would so much rather have somebody be an authentic, insane human that I'm friends with than like find out later that they were lying. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I completely agree. Yeah. Be yourself. But but I can also like I also have a lot of empathy for people that out there that do struggle with finding that authenticity in in themselves because not everybody is able to, you know, go to therapy or, you know, spend years studying a very nuanced right. art form <laughs> that's, you know, sort of based in in a- inclusivity and self-exploration mm-hmm. and self-awareness and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Not everybody can have that. And um, that's, uh, that's a bummer because I, I, I would put that in every high school in America. Yeah. I would put improv um, in in every high school in America, because I think that it's something that could teach people at the time when they need it the most, Mm -hmm. you know, how to just be themselves a little bit. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a struggle. I still, sometimes I'm like, am I being authentic or am I being, you know, like on the daily? And then I'll go into weird panic attack spirals about moments with people and it, it's so hard not to do that. Yeah. But it, um, especially as uh, Oscar Montoya had a really great story about being a teenager and one, uh, cause he moved here, went from Columbia right? and he was always so into dance and being a teenager, uh, in New York, a teenage boy who wanted to dance and having people make fun of him for right. it. And then having a teacher be like, no, you're so good at this and this is what you love to do. And that's, that's amazing. Awesome. So the idea of having improv and more stuff like that in yeah. high schools. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I just went on a frogly jump of all my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think, um, you know, high school is fucking brutal. Oh, that's the worst. And we haven't figured out the best way to do high school yet. I think as 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 a society, you know, there's still so much to be learned about how to create better people, mm-hmm. create smarter people. Um, and hopefully we figure that out sooner than later. But um, I wish that along the way they would... Uh, try more stuff like that yeah yeah or empathy i feel like empathy is such a huge thing that should be and that's another thing that improv has taught me i feel like um so much yeah is is and again like i'm uh, it's something that i work on every single day is is empathy and figuring out why this person is a human being Mm -hmm. you know 
Um, and some some people make it much harder than others. Yeah. You know, it's very hard to have empathy for Jeff Sessions or Donald Trump right. or, you know, people that I that I really, really, really vehemently disagree with. But, you know, that is, I guess it, it's you got to try. Yeah, yeah. got to. My uh, friend Oakley does a really good job at when she finds somebody she disagrees with, just trying to have a conversation with them without vehemently trying to like push her own point of view. Yeah. But really try and understand. Yeah. Uh, what it is that brings totally. them to think the way that they do. Yeah. And then you can hope from that that after you listening, maybe they would see it goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning seeing human beings as human beings totally instead of one point of view versus the other yeah and like maybe we all have something in common yeah that when we encounter each other we don't just we aren't all up in arms we're not all cats and dogs you know we're not all cats and dogs some of us are dogs with a little bit of cat in us <laughs> some of us are cats with a little bit of dog in us yeah. you know and then some of us are cats and dogs that have neither dog or cat in us. Yeah, they're fish. And that's okay. <laughs> and that's okay. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I agree. I was at um I was at Birds last night having a uh a cocktail or two mm-hmm. with some friends. And we were having this discussion, you know, amongst friends, this private discussion about like um, you know, politics and you know, that sort of stuff. And specifically we were talking about, and I was saying that I think to become president, you have to have like a little bit of narcissism in you to become a president. Yeah. And this girl, I guess from the table over her and her friends were eavesdropping, but I think they were a little bit drunk and didn't get the whole gist of the conversation. And this girl comes over and she gets in my face and she was like, you're a fucking Donald Trump supporter. Just admit it. You're a fucking Donald Trump supporter. Be a man. (laughs) And I was like, look, I'm, I'm sorry. I I, I think like, and and obviously I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? (laughs) Uh, SNL character. I know. And I had to be like, look, but, but that's the whole thing is like, Mm -hmm. She didn't even see me as a human. Yeah. First of all, I'm not a Donald Trump supporter. Right. I couldn't be further from that. Yeah. Uh, and and I tried to tell her, like, look, it's, I think that you've eavesdropped and confused yourself on what we're talking about. Please, by all means, join the conversation yeah. if you like. But, you know, don't it's, it's, even if I were a Donald Trump supporter, that's how you're going to come at me. That's how you want to start a dialogue is yeah. getting in my face and pointing your finger yeah. And saying that I'm a Donald Trump supporter and fuck me and all this stuff. Right. And I was like, I mean, like that, I don't think that that works. No, it doesn't. Because yeah. say you were, then you, then that creates a thing where you're like fucking liberals. Yeah, Just for trying sure. to have a conversation in the bar with my friends. Totally. Now we can, and you're like. But meanwhile, I am a fucking liberal. Right. Right. <laughs> I am a fucking snowflake progressive yeah. cuck. Yeah. And another liberal is attacking me. Right. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Come on, liberals. What are, what are, we, what doing? are we doing? Stop yeah. yelling. You're being so annoying, liberals. <laughs> so fucking annoying. Stop yelling. Yeah. Uh, that the Just as a quick side note, the, nar- the president narcissism thing, that's a really interesting thought. I could talk about that yeah. a whole different thing. Because it is like what even... I was a huge Bernie Sanders supporter. Me too. And people are like, well... 
well, what's his, one of my friends asked me like, well, what is his biggest flaw? Like big thing. And I was thinking about that. I was like, well, I think he is a freaking unicorn of a person, but right. there is something still, th there's some sort of personal ego that makes you be like, I absolutely this country. There's, there's some, so there's some self aggrandization that has to happen Yeah, for you. You have to be willing to go in front of millions of people and go, trust me guys i got this I got shit this. <laughs> yeah. right follow me vote for me yeah. give me money i got this shit yeah and i wouldn't feel comfortable enough doing that to order a pizza for people no. at a party you know what i mean so um i think that but i'm not saying that like politicians <laughs> james you ordered the wrong kind of pizza <laughs> i told you guys i told you i'm not the person to do that um but I'm happy. I got what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But even Bernie Sanders, I feel like, has a little bit of narcissism. Mm -hmm. You have to. You have to. And that doesn't mean the person is a narcissist. No. Or like has narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. But there's a little bit of narcissism in there. You know, yeah. there's a little bit of narcissism to being a comedian. You totally. know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Well, girl from the bar, I hope you're listening so that we clarified for it. Yeah. Just and girl from the bar, just be just be nicer. Don't yell. Just be nicer. Don't like, what are you doing? Because well, now, as a liberal, now I'm like, God, I hate liberals. Yeah. You know? Yelling at everybody. Yeah. Uh, but then that goes to that empathy thing. You're like, why did she feel the need to yell at somebody random at a bar right. in order to feel heard? Like what is happening in her life? Totally. That she needs to do that. To yeah. Validate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's find her. Let's, let's go find her. Let's find her. <laughs> yeah. Let's find her and let's give her a hug. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe she's just a lizard who's actually a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much, James. Thanks for having me, Hannah. Afternoon. This has been great. Yeah, this is great. Thanks for letting me also uh, sit here and, and play with your cat. Yeah. yeah. He loves it. We He is shedding so much. Yeah. Uh, and James is covered in a nest of... I sure hair. am. I sure am, I'm but so that's glad okay. glad you're not allergic. No, <laughs> I'm all good. Uh, good news later, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. a boardwalk audio podcast for more information and shows visit boardwalkaudio.com don't forget to rate and subscribe now